Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, November the 2nd, Ian Cameron, and we got our guy, Alex B. Smith, back in action today on this Thursday. Uh, Alex, uh, just give everyone a little status update. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, still not uh, 100% yet, but, um, you know, good enough to kind of be on today and uh, go through the big car. You know, this flu is no joke. You know, you've been hearing it going around. A lot of teams have been dealing with it. On the NFL, there were some teams over the weekend that had it, some hockey teams that are dealing with it, and uh it, it's something it's something serious. I haven't been this sick in, in a few years. So, uh, you know, glad to be able to be back on with you guys and, uh, you know, pick up, uh, you know, it's been, been a great few days of hockey. So it's been, been kind of shitty to not talk to you guys about it uh, for the last couple of days, but glad to be on today. Yeah, good to have you back. Absolutely. The show, there's a little part of the show that's gone when Alex is gone. And uh, we've certainly seen that the last uh, couple of days. Uh, before we get into this Thursday card, it was a very light slate last night, just four games. Uh, props to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I thought that was a team they had to beat. You know, if you're going to have yeah. the season you hope to have, uh, I was on them uh, and the over. That was a very good game, worked out well. And I, it's not like I'm crazy uh, or I'm running to bet Flyers games over, but man, that series history with them and the Sabres stood out like a sore thumb. Nine and one to the over uh, in the last 10 meetings going into last night. And sure enough, we saw the four goals in the first period. Uh, Buffalo, uh, actually kind of fortuitous to win a little bit because Philly really did push the play, but uh, it was another solid effort from uh, Uko Pekalukan, and that has to be looked at as a positive for the Sabres coming off the shutout that he put on the board against Colorado uh, on Sunday afternoon. So that's a couple of really good performances in a row from him and net a Buffalo opportunistic on their chances and shout out to Brandon Byro here for the uh, Buffalo Sabres who ends up getting his first Two NHL goals last night and a nice 5-2 win there over Philadelphia. Injury to Carter Hart as well. Sam Erson had to come into the game uh, and replace him. So we'll have to wait and see on this. The early fear is that this could be uh, some time missed as a result of this injury here for Carter Hart. So definitely something to keep an eye on uh, with that. Uh, Dallas and Calgary uh, kind of went against the grain there. Calgary team that you know, hadn't been scoring a lot of goals lately, but a total of five and a half. And again, we relied on what we have seen quite a bit between those two teams, Alex, Dallas and Calgary. And we saw crazy shootouts. You can't explain why, but when the Stars and the Flames played each other last year, we saw two six five games and a 5-4 game. All of them went over the total. I said five and a half. Calgary really focused on trying to get some offense going prior to last night. I wouldn't say they really got it going uh, but Dallas ends up getting the uh, victory, and I guess scoring three goals for Calgary is at least a step in the right direction for them. And one of those goals was in his first NHL game, his first NHL shot on goal, and we did recommend taking a shot with it yesterday above plus 500. How about Connor Zari uh, getting his first uh, NHL goal uh, for the Calgary Flames in that game? Unfortunately for them, that was the uh, highlight. Dallas uh, – I mean, you talk about a team that runs around in their own end. We saw it a lot from Calgary last night. I mean, once Dallas got that cycle game going, uh, they just hemmed Calgary in their uh, own zone. I thought Markstrom actually played a solid game, but at the end of the day, it was just not a good, well-played game in front of them. Dallas capitalizes. They get the win. Game goes over the total, so nice to cash the best bet uh, for me on the uh, show 
uh, yesterday. So uh, good stuff there with the uh, overcashing in. And then we had two late games. Uh, Colorado, uh, they meant business last night. That was not a pretty end of their road trip. Yeah, not, not only losing back-to-back games to end the roadie, shut out by the by the uh, Penguins and the Sabres. I mean, not what you would have expected from Colorado, but they come back home, they answer the bell, and they really played a nice sound defensive game for Ivan Prosvetov. And there were some good quotes going into that game from the Avalanche saying, really want to bear down and play well in front of this guy. He comes into work. He's always prepared to start, even though he doesn't. Uh, they really uh, admire the way he's been working in practice. And team wanted to rally around Prosvetov last night. Uh, and they did that. A nice, solid, workmanlike win for the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, over the St. Louis Blues last night. And then you had the game of the night. And this was just an absolutely spectacular game. Anaheim and Arizona. You talk about a game that had everything. It had saves. It had great goals, including Logan Cooley's first NHL goal. We told you it was bound to happen at some point. It finally did last night for Arizona. Great pace. Great speed. Little animosity. Little physicality as well. There were some hits being thrown around. You got a dust up in the third period of that game with uh, the the two Paisans, you know, uh, the Italian, the Stallions, the one on each side for Toronto, for Anaheim and Sean Dersey for Arizona got into it uh, in the third period of that game. So a little bit of a bad blood developing. And what I realized, Alex, watching this game, get ready to enjoy Arizona Coyotes hockey and Anaheim Ducks hockey for the next several years. These are young, up-and-coming teams that are building the cupboard with prospects, with elite-level young talent, and they are only going to get better uh, in the next couple of years. And uh, I'll say this for Anaheim. I mean, Tufts, you know, they got up to the quick 2-0 lead. Anaheim answers, or Arizona answers back, ties it up. Arizona takes the lead 3-2, and you'd think, man, Anaheim's running out of gas here, right? Coming back home off that long East Coast road trip. Now they've lost the 2-0 lead. Arizona's taking it back. Now they're just going to fade into oblivion. Not the case. I mean, Anaheim, what a resilient dig down effort because they must have been sucking dirty pond water, tired, jet lag, fatigued a little bit. But they dug down deep, found a way to tie that game. Lucas Dostal made some very, very key saves when that game was tied. Uh, and then, of course, they get the uh, game winner uh, in overtime. Uh, more magic from Mason uh, McTavish. Uh, and, of course, Troy Terry, who had an absolutely spectacular night. Uh, a hat trick and the game winning overtime goal uh, to give uh, Anaheim the victory uh, in overtime and one hell of a hockey game. And we were all happy about that result. Uh, Alex's best bet cashes with Anaheim uh, in that game. I had a piece of the draw uh, at plus 380, a really good price with that. Thought it had a decent shot to go to overtime and and over six and a half. I thought that even though it was 2-1 in the meeting in Arizona, you were going to see a different level of offensive pace last night. Uh, in Anaheim, especially with the Ducks coming off the road trip, could see them maybe being a little uh, not sloppy defensively, but they were at times, and it would just be one of those games where it's kind of going to be that up and down type of style to it, and that's exactly what we saw. Great game to wrap up the uh, night. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the uh, Wednesday night slate? Yeah, well, we start with that game. Like I said, that was by far the game of the night, and you know, it's so weird to think, oh wow, here we go, Anaheim and Arizona being the game of the night. But uh, it, it lived up to its billing, certainly. I joked on Twitter and said, of course, that oh, it'll be fun to watch uh, Anaheim and Houston you know, have some great playoff battles you know, three and four years. Now, of course, joking, we don't know exactly, of course, what's going to happen with Arizona. But yeah. like you we said, got about Arizona already, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but here's the thing. Those are two, two good franchises doing the rebuild the right way. Like you said, it, it 
you know, showed in that game last night, the, the youth and, and talent that has emerged. And, you know, uh, I've been really high on Anaheim, especially in those last couple of weeks. You know, I, I took the shot and uh, said that, you know, this is a team now that's going to make the playoffs. I grabbed plus 1,100 at, at FanDuel. I tweeted this out. I mentioned it uh, in the chat yesterday on the show. A lot of books have plus 700 uh, right now, and that price is going to go down. So if you can grab that 1,100 at FanDuel, grab it as soon as possible. I think this team definitely has what it takes to be a wild card contender. And I think the biggest piece of it all is their goaltending. We know what uh, John Gibson can do. And the fact that he seems to be playing better, you know, as far as his health goes, he seems to be healthy, but he's not quite back to where he was, you know, five, six years ago. And, you know, you kind of forget he's played in the league 11 years. You know, it, it seems like it's gone by in such a flash. And of course, he's played with, you know, a lot of unfortunately meaningless games, even though he's uh, played well and he's had good numbers throughout the course of his career. But it seems like that decade went by in a flash and here he is kind of, you know, on the wrong side of 30, uh, you know, being a top tier goalie, but having a Lucas Dostal emerge as possibly being a, a guy who right now he could easily start for about five or six teams in the NHL. Okay. I, as a Hawks fan, I know I'd love to see him in a Hawks uniform over the goaltenders that we have right now. Uh, so, you have now a formidable one-two duo, something we haven't been able to say really since Gibson was a you know a rookie uh, teaming with Anderson in those years when when Anaheim was still a playoff team. So now you have that. Now you have this abundance of, of offensive talent, uh, you know, uh, you know, burgeoning these younger guys kind of growing uh, up front. You add all that together now, and you have some veteran pieces there who can also help along the way. Guys like Frank Petrano you know, who are having some uh, great stars this season. He looks like he's going to be, you know, having an all-star kind of career year. That's a good sign for a, a division that we thought would be a lot tougher in the Pacific. But right now it seems like, you know, outside of Vegas, who's the team that you could just run away and say, oh, they're a playoff team. L.A., sure. But other than that, you know, we still don't know where we're getting from Edmonton, still don't know where we're getting from, from uh, Calgary. We know San Jose is going to be the worst team potentially in years. So Anaheim has a shot to you know play and play well. They can beat teams like Arizona, you know, beat teams like Winnipeg, beat teams like Minnesota, those middle of the road teams in the West. All of a sudden, they find themselves in that wild card race. So I think eleven to one's a good price. And also took a shot with uh, Greg Cronin, Coach of the Year. I found as high as sixty to one uh, at Bet Online. I thought that's a great number because that's the biggest thing I've seen as well. As far as this overall play with these with this Ducks team, the last couple of games, the last couple of wins, you know, of course, you went on your rant and talked about the the you know officiating in that game with Pittsburgh, and like you said, a veteran team, a team that has won, could have easily you know tucked their heads between their legs and say, hey, this game's over with, we're done. They didn't do that. That's coaching. That's leadership. That that has you know built with this team. And Cronin's definitely brought that. And you look at even last night, that back and forth kind of a battle, you know, okay, we're you know playing a, another tough young team. We could have easily just kind of, you know, said, hey, we, you know, we played well and, and just let things go by the wayside. No, they, they kept on being resilient, kept fighting back, going into overtime, getting the win. This is a team that doesn't give up. And, and that's something that we haven't been able to say about the Ducks in a long time. It's a team that just kind of rolled over and get smoked left and right, night in, night out. That's not the case anymore. This is a Ducks team. You have to, you know, come prepared to play every night. And I think those are some good, some good values. So I think those are the, that's the biggest thing that took away from me. I watched all the other games last night, but the biggest thing by far is what the Ducks have been doing this week. And certainly, like I said, continuing on, getting a nice win and another 
plus 200 a higher price. Yep. I mean, we have, uh, look, we've been on it now the last uh, week saying more I watch this Anaheim team, the more I'm becoming really impressed. I'm really, imp- they, they, they have the firepower and I knew they'd be, have the ability to score goals this season with the, with the roster they have. There's no question. And keep in mind, they're doing this with uh, Alex Kalorn, who is supposed to be a major addition to this hockey team from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who hasn't even played yet this season. Wait till they get his veteran presence, his 20, 30 goals, you know, that he's capable of uh, in the lineup. And he's also good away from the puck as well. You know, wait till they get him back. You know, wait uh, till they get Jamie Drysdale, hopefully back from uh, IR. You know, and I like Radko Gudis, that addition, you know, especially after seeing the way he played in the playoffs for the Panthers last year. So, you know, there's things to like. And do you think they're coming back and showing this mental toughness and mental resilience in last night's game and the Pittsburgh game with Dallas Aiken still the coach? Fuck no, they're not. Uh, I think Greg Cronin has had a big, big imprint on this team and getting them to a point where, you know, you make a mistake, things start to go against you in a game, just keep playing. The next shift. All right, the next shift, uh, just keep plugging away. Uh, and if you do the right things and if you keep playing the, the way you need to play in order to win games, you're going to find ways to win uh, no matter what's going on. Uh, and I think that is certainly uh, a big proponent of their success. I just think they're better coached hockey team right now. Uh, there's no question uh, with uh, Greg Cronin. He's done a nice job. And I don't fault you for taking Anaheim to make the playoffs that prop or the uh, Greg Cronin, coach of the year, Jack Adams prop. Now, the risk is that with this is if you, if Anaheim goes into the swoon now and they start to struggle, you know, you, you might say, oh, OK, wait a minute. Maybe I jumped the gun. But what if this run continues? You know, yeah. what if this turns into one of these runs where Anaheim two weeks from now, you know, they go eight and two in their next 10 games? I'm not saying they will. But what if that happens? They're playing at a level where I could conceivably see it, quite honestly, right now. What if that happens? The price is only going to get worse. So it, it, it wouldn't hurt you uh, at all right now uh, if you uh, believe in this Anaheim team to take those two bets that Alex uh, yeah. mentioned at the moment. Well, and that's the thing. All right, you look at their schedule coming up now. You know their next game is against the uh, Golden Knights on Sunday. Yeah. And then after that, you got you know you play in Pittsburgh, you play in Philly, you play in San Jose, and, and Nashville. This, this who's to say that they can, couldn't go? Where's you know, that game where they're three and two and utterly incapable of winning? Yeah, right. Yeah. Three and two or four and one, and if they get, if they get the win against Vegas, okay, you talk about a possible four and four and one, even five and zero run in that stretch. All of a sudden, all these numbers we're talking about now are gone. You're talking about plus three fifty for uh, you know uh, you know and I haven't made the playoffs. You're talking about Cronin now at twenty five to one, thirty to one instead of fifty one sixty to one uh, for coach of the year. So it's about grabbing value. Right? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I don't argue with that one bit. Uh, and it's not a bad time at all to jump on those uh, two Anaheim bets. If you're a believer in the Quackers and Alex and I are turning into believers of that hockey team, no question. All right, let's get to the Thursday night card. It's a big one with uh, 12 games on tap tonight. We'll begin with the uh, Florida Panthers uh, taking on the uh, Detroit Red Wings. We've got Florida minus 120 road favorites, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. Uh, Florida Panthers, of course, this road trip continues on. Uh, They started in Boston the other night against the Bruins, uh, and the uh, Boston Bruins came back, fell behind early uh, in the first period, but came back, rallied to win uh, in overtime by a score of three to two. So Florida looking to bounce back from that result. I still don't love the idea of laying a price on the. It's not a big price. It's only minus 120. I don't like the idea of laying a price on the road with Florida. This team is just one and three on the road, lost to Boston. 
uh, on the road. They lost to Minnesota the first game of the year, Winnipeg uh, right after that. Uh, a lot of their damage has been at home. On the road, they've not been getting the job done as of yet, this uh, Panthers team. And also you look at the injury situation that they're dealing with. They just get Sam Bennett back. He's out now once again. Evan Rodriguez, who's been pretty nice fit for them on the top line, he's got a minor undisclosed injury. They're hopefully plays tonight, but it looks like it's going to be a game-time decision, so keep an eye on that. And also for props, there could be a little juggling going on for Florida, especially on the top line, if Evan Rodriguez doesn't play here in this game. Uh, for Detroit, they've kind of leveled off a little bit, obviously, from that red-hot start uh, where they started 5-1 uh, and one to begin the season. They're just 1-3 and three the last four games, but they did snap a three-game losing streak with a very impressive come-from-behind 4-3 overtime win against the New York Islanders uh, in their last game to get back uh, in the win column. Now they return here to the pizza box, Little Caesars Arena. They have a pretty good home record. Uh, I like Detroit a little bit here, plus 100. Some injuries that are concerning right now at Florida. Obviously, it goes without saying that, you know, Ekblad and Montour on the blue line that they've been out all year. They're not close to coming back. And uh, Red Wings have played really well in front of their home fans this year. Don't trust what I've seen from the Panthers. Again, just the one and three record for them uh, on the road this season. So for me here, little Detroit uh, at uh, plus 100. Uh, in this game. Uh, Debrinket's in. Uh, Debrinket is in for the uh, Red Wings tonight. Someone was asking that in the uh, chat. He had an illness the other night. Uh, and look, he played through that illness the other night too against the uh, uh, Islanders. So, uh, you know, he was uh, he, he was good in that game. He ended up playing uh, for them. So he's good to go uh, here in uh, this game for the uh, Detroit uh, Red Wings. He'll be back on the top line with uh, Dylan Larkin and uh, Lucas Raymond. Uh, Perron, Comfort, Cop, Rasmussen, and our guy, our prop, uh, our prop hero, if you will, Joe Valeno, uh, centering the uh, third line for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he's actually in a little bit of a drought right now. I think it's a whopping two games in a row that he hasn't scored a goal. Uh, <laughs> Red Wings. Uh, but I still might bet it tonight, Valeno, once again. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Panthers, Red Wings. Yeah, I would lean with uh, Detroit on the side, but I like this total a little bit more. I'm going to be waiting to try to grab a five and a half in game. So I'm looking for anything five and a half minus a dollar twenty or better, waiting about three or four minutes uh, for some scoreless play to grab an in game. Looking for a live over here in this one. Um, we'll see if uh, uh, we get that again. This is a game where we could see and Detroit again early in the season playing nothing but overs. Last couple games they had played under with Boston, with Winnipeg. Winnipeg, you know, is, is one of those teams that I think when push comes to shove, especially when Hellebuck's in net, they're going to want to play. You know good lower scoring style of hockey. Boston obviously plays that way. So every other game's gone over though. And they pulled the Islanders into a seven goal game the other night four three. So I would lean over this total as well. Uh, last year, these teams played three times and we saw two unders. We saw one game go over and the one game that did go over was here in Detroit. By the way, the one thing I want to point out, even though I like Detroit, but why I kept it small is Florida has actually won nine in a row. Uh, versus the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So it has been definitely uh, a series history dominated by the uh, Detroit Red, or by the Florida Panthers, rather. Uh, and we will see if they are able to keep uh, the good times rolling here uh, tonight against them. Uh, like I said, for props on the Detroit side, Valeno's of interest. Raymond, to me, is starting to you know heat up a little bit You know at the offensive end of the ice for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And, and someone, too, that's really started to uh, percolate here uh, in recent games is down the line up a little bit, but Daniel Sprong as well uh, has been uh, chipping in for uh, Detroit. You know, for Florida, I've uh, constantly mentioned how 
great Reinhardt has been. He seems to be fine in the back of the net uh, often uh, for this team. So uh, you couldn't go wrong taking a look uh, as far as his props go uh, at the uh, moment for the uh, Detroit Red Wing or for the Florida Panthers. He's been absolutely terrific. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Sam Reinhardt off to a very strong start, no question, for the uh, Panthers uh, this season. We do have some lineup shuffling, too. Anton Lindell's moving up to the uh, second line for the uh, Panthers uh, here tonight in this game. So he might be a little bit undervalued as far as props go as a result. He's more of a two-way forward. He's not you know, known for his offense. He chips in offensively. He's a good defensive player, but might be some value still with him moving up to the second line. All right, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers minus 115, uh, home favorites, five and a half being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Uh, when you look at this matchup here, I kind of alluded to it a couple of days ago where if there's ever a great spot to go against the Rangers, it might be tonight. I mean, this is the classic situation where you have the Rangers off that perfect road trip through Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, uh, found a way to win Winnipeg, the final game of that road trip, which is the one I thought they might have some difficulty with. And they still found a way to beat the Jets the other night in overtime. Now they're coming back home. It's a very, very tricky situation here. I like a little split between Carolina first period and full game money line rather than just put it on the full game rather than just put it on the first period because the first 20 minutes this Rangers team could be vulnerable it's just very difficult when you've come when you've basically been on the road that long it was that good of a road trip and now you come home uh, and you face obviously a very good opponent here with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes it's going to be some tough sledding I believe here for the New York Rangers tonight the Rangers have actually done well uh, in the uh, regular season uh, recently against this Canes team, winning three of the last four. But the one Carolina win of the last four was here at Madison Square Garden back in March of uh, last season. So just think it's a really, really tricky uh, situation here for the Rangers. You had the great road trip, won all those games, and it's just this spot has played out this way incredibly uh, over the years where you see the team sweep the road trip and they come back home and they just they have a clunker. They just don't, you know, their legs aren't there. Uh, the level of play isn't uh, what it was on that road trip. I worry about seeing that tonight from the uh, New York Rangers. And yes, uh, this is that famous uh, spot here, as Rod says in the chat, Hurricanes and Rangers, where yes, this has been a place of uh, doom, if you will, for the Hurricanes long term. And we've talked about how the last 10 years or so, it's been a tough place to win uh, Carolina here at Madison Square Garden. But I will say this, they finally did beat them at Madison Square Garden last year in March. And if they're ever going to add to the win uh, total, uh, playing the Rangers at MSG, tonight would be a great night, considering how tough a spot this is coming off a perfect roadie for the Rangers. So for me, a little split here with Carolina first period, full game um, money line. You know what I also might look at? I don't like it as much as the side, but maybe a little first period and full game over split in this game. Because you got this Rangers team that's played really good defense, right? They've been trending under. Shesterkin's been great. Why is why do I worry about the Rangers, and why do I think they could struggle? And if teams struggle off the road trip, a good road trip when they're back home for that first game, where do the struggles happen? They, they happen defensively more often than not. You're sloppy. You're just not in sync. You know, like I say, that's a lot of air miles. And when you don't have your skating legs, you're going to be weaker defensively, and you're not going to be able to – you're going to have more hooking and holding penalties. So I could see that being an issue for the Rangers tonight, and that could lead to maybe a few more goals than anticipated. And look, with this full game total being five and a half, you know, if you're going to look at an over in this game, you're only talking about uh, a minus 
a 115 to minus 120 price with the first period over and only a minus 115 price with the full game over five and a half. So I really don't mind those looks either because I could see this uh, team being a step slow tonight, the Rangers coming off the road. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Hurricanes, Rangers. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going to, right? That first period over. And this is one of those game spots, if you like the over in the first or the full game, you could actually wait and get plus money in about one to two minutes because of the sh- such short price uh, to open up the game. So you can get plus 120, plus 125, you in about two or three minutes. I might do that with the full game over, but I'm a, I like this first period over a little bit more. And like you said, it has a lot to do with how the Rangers could play in this spot coming back off of a, a good road trip. And they might be a little bit sloppy. Carolina's a team, like I said, has been a house of horrors for them and, the Rangers have played well in this series again. Keep in mind, Rangers dominated this series for years. Carolina had kind of taken over a little bit in the, you know, around 2020, 2021. Now the Rangers have won some of the last nine meetings. So uh, the back and forth of the battle has continued as far as the side goes. So I'm staying with that first period over. Carolina, we might see a little bit of regression with them as far as that first period over goes as well. That's a team that when they're playing their style of hockey, they want it to be more one nothing. If it is two nothing, it's on their side, not necessarily trading goals back and forth early in the contest. So we're getting good value with them now. That may change later uh, if we start to see them kind of play more defensive early in games. But I don't think that'll be the case here tonight. I like the first period over. Yeah, and for Carolina, there's some good you know former player angle uh, props to maybe consider here. Now it'll obviously be a longer shot for a guy like Brady Shea to score a goal. Uh, but he is facing his former team now with Carolina, of course, formerly with the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. Same thing with Jesper Faust, who plays for Carolina. He used to be in the Rangers organization. And years ago, even Tony D'Angelo was with the Rangers organization. So um, it's just uncanny how oftentimes you see some of these players step up and make an offensive impact against them. So, you know, D'Angelo, Shea, Faust. Uh, these are all players that were formerly in the New York Rangers organization, so not bad to consider some looks there as far as props go uh, with them uh, here in this game. No question about that. Tavo Teravine is the other one to factor in for the Hurricanes right now. He's been certainly heating up here the last few games. There's no question uh, about that. And then on the Rangers side, you know, I still say Alexi Lafreniere continues to be impressive, uh, someone that you could absolutely consider looking at once again for goal props. Uh, here tonight in this game. He's played very well for this uh, Rangers team. Three goals uh, in the last uh, five games for him. He's probably my uh, number one look uh, for them. And I think Philip Heedle, if I'm not mistaken, against this Hurricanes team specifically. Now, look, he struggled. He has still yet to find the back of the net this year. So I don't normally like betting props with someone that's ice cold, but he does have a good track record against Carolina, regular season and playoffs. So maybe this is the night for Phil Heedle to uh, snap uh, his little drought early in the season. All right, let's go to Lightning and Blue Jackets. Tampa Bay minus 160 road favorite, six and a half the total here in this game. Uh, we've got Tampa Bay off a, a loss to Seattle uh, the other night, uh, the Lightning uh, losing at home to the uh, Kraken. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, meanwhile, it's been a uh, uh, tough start, I guess you could say, for them at three and six uh, to begin the uh, season. Certainly not what they hoped for. Uh, Columbus on a four-game losing streak coming into this game, but it's not like they've been blown off the the map here. You know, overtime losses in two of those games against Anaheim and Montreal, 2-0 loss to the Islanders. Again, they were competitive in defeat. Same thing with Dallas the other night, 5-3. They were pretty competitive with the Stars in that game. 
for the majority of it. So, you know, this is a Columbus team that definitely uh, I see them as, I don't want to say they're a lot better than their record, but, you know, it's not like they're a bad three and six. You know what I mean? They've been competitive. They've been in many of these games uh, recently that they've lost. They haven't been dominated. They haven't been badly outplayed by any stretch of the imagination. Now in goal tonight for the this game, we've got Merzlikens, of course, for Columbus, but we've got Matt Tompkins making his second start of the season for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I know this is a play, uh, a goalie that, you know, we got our questions about. He's a journeyman goalie. He's been around the block in the minors for many, many years. We saw him have one start this year for Tampa Bay. It was in Ottawa very early in the season, the first week. They lost that game 5-2. He wasn't great uh, by any stretch. Normally, he'd be a goalie. I'd be looking probably at the opponent team total or some way to, you know, maybe back, um, um, you know, uh, Columbus in this game but at the same point in time what worries me here is and I lean Columbus I definitely do lean Columbus plus 140 but what worries me here is Matt Tompkins played college hockey years ago and it was a long time ago Ohio State University so he was a Buckeye you know and guess where he's playing tonight in Columbus guess what's who's going to be there lots of family lots of friends apparently to cheer on Tompkins tonight so you know, does that inspire one hell of an effort? Because I've seen this before. Journeyman goalie plays cl- in front of family and friends, and he here he is one goal against in 40 shots faced, something like that. I've seen it before. Journeyman goalie comes out of nowhere, stands on his head as a huge night. So that does bother me here a little bit, concern me at least as someone that's kind of leaning to the Columbus Blue Jackets side uh, in this game. So, you know, maybe I sprinkle on the Jackets, but You know, Matt Tompkins playing in front of family and friends does concern me a little bit. And Tampa off a loss, too. So with that being the case, maybe they don't look past this Jackets team after losing to Seattle 4-3 in overtime the other night. Tampa Bay's also dominated this series 8-1 in the last nine meetings versus Columbus. And they won all three meetings last year uh, against the Blue Jackets. 5-2 here in Columbus and then 4-1 and 6-3 wins uh, for Tampa Bay at home versus the Blue Jackets last year. So... Uh, I kind of talked myself out of Columbus. I lean that way. Not sure I can get there. What do you think here, Alex? Lightning, Blue Jackets. Yeah, I'm keeping it up. I'm going with the first period over two. I got plus 115, but that might be pretty much gone. You can probably find plus 105 or plus 110. If you can't find an over two, uh, I suggest waiting for one and a half, trying to get around minus 140 or better in game. So you got to wait about maybe three or four minutes, but you can't wait too long. Uh, like I said, keeping it pretty simple, Matt Tompkins, and I understand the angle of him, yes, being black back there in Columbus where he played with Ohio State. You look at his numbers at Ohio State, they weren't good. They weren't good either. Like I said, uh, this is a guy who I remember the Hawks drafting and didn't quite understand why the Hawks drafted him. Didn't really make much of uh, of his time there. As uh, Jarek mentioned, yes, Indy Fuel legend Matt Tompkins. Uh, that was pretty much the, the height of his career at this point. Now he's getting this time to uh, play in the NHL, but I don't think it's going to matter for much. We should see goals back and forth here, so maybe both teams to score as well. I'm going to look at uh, but I definitely have that over two at plus 115. All right, yeah. I mean, I still lean over as well, especially Tampa-Columbus. We did see some goals last year with these two teams. Um, maybe Columbus team total uh, over uh, potentially. Again, the Tompkins angle is, you know, holds water for a bit, but when you look at the results, the results are what they are. He he looked like he was um, not quite ready to be NHL caliber goaltender when we saw him against Ottawa a couple of weeks ago. So 
that would concern me here a little bit. So maybe rather than the money line with Columbus, because the one thing about Tampa Bay is this is definitely a lightning team that we still fear the offense a little bit. You know, they have shown still the ability to find the back of the net. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, what they've gotten from Nick Paul and what they've gotten from Alex barre Boulay, who I think continues to be worth a goal prop bet uh, every single night as long as he stays on the top line with uh, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. you got to keep betting his prop as far as I'm concerned. Same thing with Nick Paul. Nick Paul's been just an absolute dynamite uh, player in the diamond in the rough that they found uh, when they got him from Ottawa a couple of years ago. On the Columbus side, look, we've talked about some of the same players. I, Fantilli, I think, is worth a shot here. Neil Bemstrom's been red hot lately. Roslovic has been clicking, found, found chemistry since they put him on the top line with the captain, Boone Jenner, and Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, so, yeah, there's definitely some good looks here as far as props go in this game. Uh, I might act, actually move toward, rather than the money line on uh, Columbus here, what's uh, the team total? Two and a half. I was hoping it wouldn't be that juiced. It is minus 170. So uh, a little too pricey for my liking. Would you, but would you go to MGM and look for a three even? Probably would do that. Yeah. yeah. That way, if they get exactly three, at least you push. Uh, asking them to score, which they might score four. Um, I, I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I know Tompkins is going to be fired up. He's got people in the building. He played at Ohio State, but is he good enough? You know, goaltender is he a good enough goaltender to just all of a sudden put one of those magical performances on the board with family and just because the family is in attendance? I don't know. No, I really don't know. Uh, I'm saying no. And here's the thing, too. The thing with Aprostov and Colorado, Colorado's a great all-around team. They're still you know, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Tampa Bay is not as strong and as balanced as in previous years. So they, even if they want to play well for you know in front of him and, and you know, kind of give that, you know, uh, you know, backup motivation, if they can't afford to go all out and, and play tighter defensively because they'll suffer on the offense. They have to keep pressing a little bit more offensively than say at Colorado. So you can't, you know, look at those two spots in the same kind of way. If people are trying to handicap that in the same light. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. That'll be fascinating. I'm fascinated to see how Tompkins plays given that little angle we talked about. Is he, or is he going to be Tompkins that gave up five goals to Ottawa, you know, in his only other start this year. Uh, that remains to be seen. Yeah, great. Dude. Thank you for uh, doing that, uh, prom- promoting the likes uh, for us there, Panger Life. Uh, you're right. Hit the like button. You're right. Should be 198 likes with 198 people. You're right. Hit that like button. We appreciate it uh, very much uh, as we go through this Thursday card. All right. New York Islanders and Washington Capitals. Uh, Islanders minus 120 road favorites, six the total here in this game. Uh, you look at the uh, Capitals. Uh, obviously a team that's been trying to get some kind of traction going. They have improved now to four and four. We'll give the uh, Capitals credit for that. Three straight victories as well. So after that dismal start to the season where they started one and four, they've now won three straight, a win against New Jersey, which was very impressive. Uh, They beat the Minnesota Wild in a shootout by a score of three to two. Uh, And then they have a San Jose uh, win three to one. They didn't play great in that San Jose game, but because San Jose is just so bad, you can play at 50% capacity game and still beat them. Uh, and that's exactly what the uh, Capitals did uh, in their last game on uh, Sunday. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, keep the uh, win streak going tonight uh, against the New York Islanders. Got the Islanders off a 4-3 overtime loss uh, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Disappointing considering what we usually see from the Islanders, especially when they were up 2-0, is them shut the door uh, and get the victory. That was not the case. Uh, and Ilya Sorokin couldn't shut the door. Detroit comes back. Uh, and wins that game by a score uh, of four to three. 
you look at season series history uh, between uh, these two teams. Uh, you look at actually here in uh, Washington, and it's pretty interesting that the uh, uh, Islanders, they're just uh, two and six in the last eight meetings versus uh, the uh, uh, versus the uh, Capitals here in Washington. But it is worth noting that last year, uh, when these two teams played here in uh, Washington, it was an Islanders victory in the most recent meeting, two to one uh, in a shootout. A game I don't love, but I, I find the price is a little cheap here on the Islanders. I would lean in that direction. I'm not in in a rush to lay a price with them on the road, uh, but I just find that while I've got my issues with this New York Islanders team, you know, at this price, it feels like they're being a little bit underpriced, undervalued here. Uh, in this spot against Washington. So not a game I'm rushing to bet, but certainly would give a lean at the very least here to the Islanders at minus 120, uh, especially them coming off a disheartening loss where they had a 2 nothing lead, let it slip. I don't think the Islanders are going to uh, look past the Capitals tonight. I think you'll see a better effort from them. So Islanders are nothing for me, uh, likely nothing, but lean that way. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Islanders, Capitals? I was hoping you were going to talk me into betting on the Islanders in this spot, but uh, we 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 see this exactly the same way. I can't can't look at the Capitals at this price, and uh, like I said, Islanders it seems almost too cheap uh, with how bad Washington's been playing. So I would look to play them, but on a big card, there'll probably be more than the, something I end up passing. So chances are Islanders win this game five to two. <laughs> of two of the last four meetings have gone to overtime. Two of the last three meetings in Washington between these teams have gone to overtime. So maybe the draw. The draw. This okay. team. I, I could see that yeah. possibly maybe being worth a look as well, uh, no doubt. And then as far as the props go in this game, uh, you know, in a game where I, this could be 5-4, this could be 3-1. You know, so I think as far as the total, it's very tricky. Uh, but when you look at props here for uh, this matchup, Palmieri's actually started to uh, light it up recently for the uh, Islanders. There could be some – uh, opportunity to look in his direction as far as props go for Washington. Uh, Dylan Strom's been Dylan Strom and Tom Wilson. I think if you're going to look toward player props on this Washington Capitals team right now, uh, those are the guys to look at. I considered Hendricks Lapierre because he's been uh, called up from the minors, but he's only playing seven minutes. They got him on the fourth line. They just aren't spotlighting him, you know, nearly as much uh, as they would. Noah Dobson's a good call, Rich, no doubt. He's been piling up the points, so you could go goal and assist prop. Uh, for him, no doubt. But Dylan Strom definitely is the red-hot commodity right now for Washington. And his offense is a big reason why they've gone on this three-game win streak. Six goals in the last five games for Dylan Strom and also six points during that stretch. So, um, you know, he's a streaky player, uh, Dylan Strom. And right now he's on the a good side of the streak. Tom Wilson, since he's been up on the top line, they moved him there recently. He's on a four-game point streak and scored goals in back-to-back games for the the Washington Capitals. So definitely liking his uh, props as well tonight in this game, uh, playing well, playing on that top line, Tom Wilson with uh, Dylan Strom and Alex Ovechkin. Uh, someone asking, yeah, Kyle, um, uh, Dmitry Orlov's in Carolina now. Uh, he's with the uh, Hurricanes now. So uh, he split last year between Washington and Boston. As you know, the Bruins got him at the trade deadline. But yeah, Orlov's in uh, Carolina now. Uh, with the uh, Hurricanes. All right, next up, we've got the LA Kings and Ottawa Senators. Uh, even money, minus 110, six and a half the total in this game. What a day for the Ottawa Senators. Lots going on. They get dinged the first round draft pick for this uh, absolutely embarrassing uh, incident, and Pierre Dorian deserves to fall on the sword for it. This can't happen. You, ca- you can't have this kind of uh, incident transpire under your watch. And it was, look, it was the last 
it was the straw that broke the camel's back and it was the last uh and it was every the reason now that michael Landlauer, the new owner wants his own gm there anyway uh, and he's already said steve Steos is going to be the interim GM. Now, it doesn't mean Steve Steos is going to be the permanent GM, but if he does a nice job here the rest of the season, it wouldn't shock me to see them remove the interim tag. I mean, Ann Lauer and Steos have been like this, you know, birds of a feather. They've stuck together uh, for all these years. So I think if Ann Lauer has any, you know, reason or desire to give him the full-time GM job, he will, rather than look at a permanent GM. But Steos is the interim GM, Dorian out. Uh, they've had a lot to deal with. Welcome to NHL ownership, Michael Landlauer. Man, this guy's had a lot to deal with, obviously. Injuries on the blue line. And he said it in his press conference yesterday. The Shane Pinto betting suspension. Uh, obviously, this uh, d- uh, you know draft pick situation where the first round pick is taken away from them for uh, the block trade with the Dodonov. I mean, it's just been lots to deal with for the uh, Ottawa Senators, certainly. Uh, right now, and Ann Lauer, the new owner in his first season at the helm. We'll see if uh, now he can worry about um, this team on the ice and just trying to watch them win hockey games. So fascinated to see what we get from the Senators because certainly there's been, uh, it's been a circus off the ice. Uh, will it affect them on the ice? I was thoroughly impressed with uh, Ottawa against Pittsburgh 5-2 on Saturday with all the defensemen that were out for them. It was a very good performance in net as well from uh, Corpusalo. Uh, in that game for the Senators. I thought he played one of his best games since he's been in Ottawa. 41 saves on 43 shots uh, against Pittsburgh. He played very well in that game. I am still concerned, though. Let's be real. Pittsburgh's not been great. Pittsburgh's been struggling. Pittsburgh hasn't played the very good hockey this year. I still worry that at some point when you're missing Artem Zub, you're missing Eric Brandstrom, you're missing Thomas Shabbat, that's three right-shot defensemen you know, that are out of your lineup right now. It's going to show up against a better team. And this could be one of those nights it does show up against the L.A. Kings. How do you bet against the Kings on the road right now? They've been road warriors. Uh, It's hard to explain that they've been kind of lackluster at Crypto Arena in L.A. But you get this team on the road. They played excellent. Uh, A perfect uh, 4-0 on the highway this year entering tonight. So they played some really good hockey. They had a nice, really strong, probably one of their best defensive efforts of the season against Toronto the other night. Just shut down. Uh, the Leafs in that four to one victory. Talbot was solid in net. Uh, and you got to believe here coming into this game tonight um, with uh, Ottawa uh, being the opponent, uh, Cam Talbot's going to want to play well here against his former team. Now, I don't believe we've got it confirmed yet that he's in net, but I'd be absolutely sure. It's not going to be Copley. Let's be real. It's not going to be Copley. Copley's been bad. Uh, and Talbot's been actually better lately. And you know, he's going to want to play well tonight. Former team, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I think that matters to him that's going to mean something to him uh, here in this matchup tonight so I like the Kings a little bit here minus 110 uh, in this game even money playing great hockey on the road I like the Kings here in this price in this spot so Talbot not confirmed but I, I expect him to be in net against his old team the Sens and uh, should be Corpus Allo against his old team of course uh, playing against the uh, Kings tonight so we got goalies facing possibly uh, their former team assuming it's the Talbot versus Corpus Allo matchup that we all expect, but I like the way LA is playing on the road. I side with them at minus 110. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? LA, Ottawa. Yep, right there with you. LA, minus ten. Like I said, uh, Talbot, I think that's more of a revenge angle with Talbot against Ottawa with the way he played there a whole year, the injury, and then just kind of, uh, you know, just unsavory how things ended, how he ended up getting moved. Where Corpus Allo, of course, ends up uh, with LA in that deal getting moved over from Columbus. 
doesn't get re-signed. I don't think there's any hard feelings or anything kind of necessarily there. So if there's any more of a revenge angle, it leads toward L.A. Except the injuries and the pieces that are missing for Ottawa, those add up. And just uh, except just all the chaos surrounding this Ottawa team right now, that, that throws them in a bit of disarray. Uh, and like I said, it's the L.A. team that's been hot on the road. So we're going to go with the Kings at a cheap price. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to take a small sprinkle. I don't like it because with the goalies facing their old team. They could really put up a brick wall, both of them. But um, I do lean a little bit over the total. I mean, LA's, you know, for the most part, been an over team. We've seen in Ottawa in particular last year, a 5-2 game. But I like the LA side more. And I like a couple props here uh, in this game. This might be a game, too, where the goalie saves props on both sides might be worth a look. I could definitely see that. More so with uh, – um, you know, Corpusalo over saves because the one thing about Ottawa with the three defensemen out, they're going to give up more shots. They're going to give up more chances. So Corpusalo over saves for Ottawa might be worth a look tonight in this game. But some props on both sides. You know, Sanderson's going to play a shit ton. Chikrin has actually been a guy that's been chipping in offense from the blue line. So Sanderson and Chikrin, I like taking shots with them for goal prop, assist prop as well. Josh Norris has been on fire for the uh, Ottawa Senators, no doubt. Don't sleep on the third center as well, who's been chipping in as well. Ridley Gregg has really played well. He scored against Pittsburgh. He's on an incredible point streak right now. He's got points for the Senators in six of their last uh, seven games. Ridley Gregg, the third-line center for this Ottawa team. He also has scored in two of the last four games, so there's some good looks. And I'll give you a great prop. Trevor Moore, every game is worth a look. Don't be fooled by the fact the bargain bin fell short with him against Toronto. He had a million chances. Like, it was unbelievable how many chances Trevor Moore had. If he keeps getting those chances, he's going to keep scoring goals. And the other guy, he keeps getting better. I'm seeing the life. I'm seeing that pulse from Quinton Byfield now on the top line with Kopitar and Kempe for this LA Kings team. And he is definitely, he's getting better and better and better. And I think the, the the dam is going to burst for this kid very soon. And he's an Ontario kid, Newmarket, Ontario, suburb of Toronto. His family was there in Toronto watching him play the other night, the Byfield clan. Wouldn't surprise me if they're in Ottawa tonight as well to watch him play. So, And he could have scored the other night too against Toronto. He's another guy, player that had some chances in that game to find the back of the net, and it just wouldn't go in. So um, Byfield as well. Jarek is right about Kaliev. Kaliev is an outstanding release. They had him buried on the set on the third line for a long time. I don't know why, but it looks like he's finally in a top six role, which is I think where he should be. Uh, and Kaliev can shoot the puck. I don't mind taking a small shot with him either tonight. So those are some of the uh, props that I'm uh, looking at there for Kings and Senators. All right, Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins. Uh, this rivalry, many playoff matchups, division rivalry uh, for years. They renew the rivalry tonight. Uh, minus 110 both sides, six the total, uh, shaded to the under here in this game. Uh, I actually wrote up a game preview, betting preview of this game. Uh, I'm doing weekly NHL content and articles now for Oddspedia, and I posted the link on uh, Twitter, uh, X I should say, so take a look at that, Oddspedia. And I recommended a split bet, two bets in this game, and I am on these two bets. Played them yesterday, actually, after I wrote this article. I actually think there's a winnable spot for Toronto in this game. Boston's really dealing with a lot right now. Charlie McAvoy, the four-game suspension for the hit on Ekman Larson. Matt Grizzlick is also out on the blue line. You know, the Bruins are dealing with a lot of issues now on the back end. I mean, they're going to have a blue line tonight that's going to have Ian Mitchell and Mason Laurie and Parker Witherspoon on it. They've got no McAvoy, no Grizzlick, who play a ton of minutes. 
Derek Forbert as well is out. So they, they really get much thin, much thinner now on the blue line as the, they've got three call-ups in the, uh, on, on the blue line for them tonight and Ian Mitchell, Parker Witherspoon and Mason Laurie for them tonight. So that's definitely something that would concern you here tonight for this Boston team. Very shorthanded, depleted on the blue line. Toronto, they're easy to figure out, actually. They're very easy to figure out. Well, you get them in a sterile environment, a weeknight home game against a Western Conference foe, and they, they don't play well. Uh, they're flat as a pancake, and we saw that against L.A. on Tuesday night. But now you get them on the road, and last couple of years, the Leafs have been a solid road team. And against a team that they get up to play, like a Boston, and you often get the better effort from this Leafs team. There's no question. So that wouldn't shock me tonight uh, to see that. I think Toronto's got a shot here in this one. Uh, I took that. I got them at a better price yesterday at plus 105. It's gone to minus 110. So there has been some movement toward the Leafs. I took a little on the plus 105, but I also took a little at plus 340. I think this has moved yesterday since yesterday as well on the draw with this Leaf Bruin game. Uh, you look at last year, both meetings in Boston were decided by exactly one goal. One goal margins, both games in Boston last year. One of those games did go to overtime. So I expect a pretty competitive game. You know Boston's going to keep things still. Even with the depleted blue line, they rarely pull away from the opponent. Uh, they keep teams in games. They play close games. They played close games pretty much all year, uh, the Boston Bruins. So that draw shot north of plus 300 in this game I thought was worth a look as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Leafs, Bruins. I tell people all the time that we don't talk before we do these shows. Yesterday I had to write for the, <laughs> about this game. Uh, where I do my writing at pointspreads.com. And the spot that I like for this game is the draw. And I grabbed that, some of that at plus 340. And it's just often, like you said, not just in last year's history, but just these two teams play similar styles, and they always kind of play each other just fairly tight. Whenever they meet up against one another, it always kind of seems like they're almost in this kind of relatively playing the same style of hockey, and they're both kind of trying to get right in, in certain ways. And so it just kind of lends itself to we've seen lower scoring affairs. Like five of the last seven games have gone under the total. Uh, and, and with a, a spot at six, I could see where that would kind of maybe fall right into the number. I could see this being kind of a 2-2 two, two or 3-3 three, three kind of a contest. So just take a shot here with the draw and getting a, a decent number at plus 340. I agree with you there. Definitely liking the uh, draw here in this game. I'd be careful with the props. I'm going to, you know, try because I could see this being one of those you know, tighter battles between these two teams. And I know it's Ilya Samsonov in net tonight for the Leafs, not Joe Wall. And Joe Wall's been the better of the two goalies right now. But I thought Samsonov played a much better, one of his better games against Nashville when we yeah. saw him last on Saturday. I thought he was a lot better. I think they'll play well in front of him. The Bruins are still, you know, erratic as far as their scoring goes. You know, as far as uh, props, though, for them tonight, um, it looks like, um, you know, I, I would really focus in more so right now uh, Bertuzzi, Nyes, Tavares, that group, because I see them generating a lot. I'd actually stay away from Matthews and Marner right now. Those two guys have really been cool cooling off offensively the last uh, several games. So if I'm looking at Leaf props, I'm looking at more so Nyes, Bertuzzi, Tavares, Nylander, obviously, but Nylander's obviously you're not going to get great value with him. Riley on the blue line, I think, is always worth a shot right now because he's been jumping into the play more. And then on the Boston side, there are some good looks, I think, for the Bruins tonight. It starts with Matt Potra, the, the, the rookie sensation, who has now moved up to the top line tonight, centering that top line with Zaka uh, and with um, Pasternak. 
I, I think that has the potential to be quite the line. Patra props, goal and assist. Pavel Zaka, another one I would look at. Zaka is really starting to uh, percolate and get going offensively for Boston the last few games. Zaka's numbers have been really good. Three goals and five points in the last four games uh, for Pavel Zaka. So three and four uh, in the last five games for uh, Zaka. I think his props are worth a look tonight as well uh, in this game in good form uh, offensively. All right, next up we go to Alex's neck of the woods here, Devils and Wild. Uh, we've got New Jersey minus 115 road favorites, six and a half the total in this one. I'm going back to the over again with New Jersey. Until I lose, why would I change my approach? Why would I? Uh, this Devils team that have still, at this point of the season, yet to cash an under ticket. 8-0 to the over for New Jersey uh, in their eight games this year. So uh, I'm sticking with it. Uh, Devils and Wild over 6.5. I used it as my best bet when these teams played in Jersey uh, on Sunday. Uh, it ended up going over the total. Uh, we're going right back to it here. New Jersey, Minnesota over six and a half here. Uh, Devils are a fun team to watch. I don't know if Lindy Ruff's enjoying the fact they're giving up six and four. And it seems like three goals every single night at the very least right now. But I don't know if it's going to change. They just have so much offensive creativity and speed throughout the lineup and just dynamic playmakers that they're always thinking offense. You know, why wouldn't you with a lineup that's loaded? up front like the New Jersey Devils, and it's come at the detriment of sound, sturdy, structured defensive play. And I think because New Jersey is still winning games playing this way, they're not going to alter their approach. Like, it would be different, Alex, if they were losing these games 5-4 and 6-5, right. and maybe they'd say, all right, that's enough. Dig in defensively. Tighten this shit up. Be structured. Be sound. But because they're still winning these games, the players are probably thinking, hey, let's keep going. We're winning you know, in these higher scoring affairs. So I don't think it's going to change unless they start losing. And then Lindy Ruff's going to demand more accountability at the defensive end of the ice. So until proven otherwise, like I said, eight games for New Jersey, eight overs to begin the season. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're back on it with Devils Wild uh, over six and a half tonight, minus 130. Alex, what do you think here? New Jersey, Minnesota. Yeah, I think we see another back and forth battle here. And I like the draw. Here at plus three forty, I actually like this draw quite a bit. Uh, and like I said, this is just a you know New Jersey team that's they're giving up goals, but they're scoring them as well. In Minnesota, we know that they that's the kind of style that they play at more so at home than anywhere else. They you know draw into those kind of up and down battles, and it just has that kind of gut feel like this is definitely going to be an overtime kind of game. So I don't know, maybe we see it this over snap you know streak kind of snap potentially. But it's going to come close. Like I said, I definitely think we're going to see at least three goals here. So three and three should give you uh, the seven and get you over that that six and a half. So I'd maybe look to probably wait a little bit. I think you can probably grab a five and a half over in-game for a better price along with the draw. So that's more than likely what I'll be doing. I'll be grabbing a better in-game price than that over, but I'm already playing that draw here at plus 340. All right, liking the uh, draw here. Yeah, I could see this being a close game. I, I don't feel comfortable taking New Jersey here. It feels cheap because New Jersey I like more than Yeah, this. it does. It does feel cheap. Quick home and home because they played in New Jersey. Now they're playing back in Minnesota. You know the Wilds are going to want to step things up. Devils, you know, if the Devils were playing like a Rangers, they'd want to kick their ass two in a row. But they're playing an out-of-conference opponent, out-of-division opponent. They just beat them. The, like, I could see this being a game where the Wild maybe step up and win it. I'm not saying they will, and I don't want to bet Minnesota, and I'm not betting Minnesota, but that's just right. the thought process I have. 
Wait, I was gonna say if the Wild were playing better, I would be all over them at this cheap of a price at home because normally we'd see the Wild, you know, what minus third one thirty, one forty five, and they're playing yeah. better at home in this spot. So yeah, so it is tricky with the side. So that's why yeah, it's kind of staying away from it. And uh, Rich H mentioned it, and I was going to go there. No Nico Heeshear. They miss his offense. They miss his defense just as much, if not more. Though they've got enough offense without Nico Heeshear. But the defensive acumen of his is as good as it gets. Like this guy's going to be nominated for the Selkie Trophy, I think, many, many times in his career. So that is a huge defensive presence that is out of the lineup now uh, for the New Jersey Devils. So it probably makes them more vulnerable defensively. Uh, Matt Boldy is back. Someone asking in the uh, chat. Yes, he is. He's back on the second line with Joel Erickson Eck and Marcus Johansson uh, tonight uh, in this game. Kaprizov, Hartman, and Zuccarella remains the uh, top line for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Felino Rossi and Maroon, the big rig on the uh, third line. So that's what it's looking like for Minnesota. Minnesota, we've talked about their defense. Why have they been so bad this year? Well, they missed Jared Spurgeon. Every yep. single time Jared Spurgeon has been injured for this Minnesota team, their defensive game as a, as a group has suffered. It's just uncanny how that has been constantly the case uh, for the Minnesota Wild with no Jared Spurgeon. And we are once again seeing that. I mean, look at these goals they're giving up. Four to New Jersey, six to Philadelphia, four to Edmonton, five to Columbus, seven to L.A. Just not good. Uh, not the kind of defense the Minnesota Wild want to play right now. I think we also have seen a little bit of regression with Philip Gustafson. I'm not saying that he's anywhere back to where he was a couple of years ago when he was in Ottawa or in Detroit. Yeah, I think he's still a, a top-tier goalie. And he still has a, a lot of room and a lot of ceiling left. But I think we are seeing a little bit of regression to what we saw last year. It was a, a bit of a master class of a season. I mean, he only had what it was maybe eight games where he allowed three, you know, three or more goals in, in his start. So we're seeing a little bit of regression to the norm here. But he's still a formidable goalie. But that's something to keep in mind, especially when you have a Mark Andre Fleury who has definitely tailed off and looks now more like a traditional number two backup option. Certainly not a one B option anymore in the twilight of his career. Yeah, and it's kind of like a sophomore slump theory right now for him a little bit. I mean, as far as his first full season as a full-fledged number one goalie for Philip Gustafson was last year, and, and he was absolutely terrific. But now his second year, and sometimes you do see that, you know, just that mini decline. It's hard to duplicate it, and I think you're seeing that a little bit right now with uh, Gustafson. There are some props. I don't mind taking a shot with Boldy back in the lineup. Boldy in the regular season, I don't mind you betting him. Uh, the playoff performance is what bothered me about Matt Boldy last year. He didn't do anything in the playoffs. His offensive game evaporated. But tonight back in the lineup, I could see it. I'm always keen on Marco Rossi with what he's done and the price you're getting with him to score goals. And then for New Jersey, don't overthink it. Tyler Toffoli, man, he is not. He's like hotter than a pistol right now for them. Uh, you obviously have to look toward his direction as far as props go. With Heeshear out, by the way, Michael McLeod is going to slide into the number two center spot tonight with Jesper Bratt and Andre Palat. So there's some big value on Mike McLeod tonight for the New Jersey Devils. Now in that second line center spot. So any props involving him have value. And one more for New Jersey. This is a streaky player, but he's scored three goals in the last two games. He's the third line center for the Devils tonight, Eric Howla. And this is a guy that played in the Minnesota Wild organization for a period of time as well. Um, yeah, I could see him continuing this little goal streak that he's been on lately as well. So good value there as far as some of those devils, McLeod and Howla in particular. And obviously it goes without saying to Foley, not value with to but you want a pretty surefire, not close, not automatic, but 
a really strong percentage chance of scoring tonight. Tyler Toffoli uh, would be that right now for the uh, New Jersey Devils. And yeah, Jesper Bratt, a uh, good call. Someone in the chat mentioning uh, Jesper Bratt. And uh, this is another guy that when he gets on a hot streak, look out. Look at the points he's put up. 3, 5, 8, 9, 10, 11, 14 points in the last seven games and uh, three goals in the last two uh, for the New Jersey Devils. Streaky bugger, uh, Jesper Pratt. So we'll see if he can continue to produce offensively tonight for the New Jersey Devils. All right, uh, next up we've got Dallas and Edmonton. Uh, Oilers minus 145 home favorites in this game. Uh, total sitting at six and a half, uh, shaded to the over. Uh, obviously, this is a pretty stark situational advantage for Edmonton, right? They've had they've been off since Sunday, quite honestly, when they played the um, Winter Classic against the not the Winter Classic, the Heritage Classic uh, against the uh, Calgary Flames, and it was probably one of their best games they've played in quite some time. I would say that uh, it looked like the Oilers that they brought their A game. Uh, they shut down Calgary, uh, and I know Calgary's struggling, but it was a better game. Skinner was a lot better in net. Stuart Skinner. Uh, they got Connor McDavid back. Power play looked better. They finally started to score goals again. It was just a much better effort from the Edmonton Oilers in that game. This is a pretty good situational advantage for Edmonton tonight. I certainly would lean in their direction, but minus 145, I don't love that price. They do catch Dallas on the back-to-back after the uh, victory last night in Calgary uh, against the uh, Flames. Uh, very solid win. Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment props are worth a look, by the way, for Dallas. and the uh, He's starting to get going and heat up again for Dallas right now. But a nice 4-3 win for them last night against the uh, Calgary Flames. But back-to-back situation might be a little bit tricky for them. Uh, Edmonton has won three of the last four meetings uh, versus the Dallas Stars uh, as well. And keep in mind in this uh, game, as far as the goaltending, uh, is a uh, concern. Uh, the Dallas Stars saw Jake Ottinger in net last night. Uh, Peter DeBoer opting to use Ottinger last night against Calgary. We might see Scott Wedgwood tonight uh, in the uh, back-to-back here uh, against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So uh, this is not me saying Wedgwood sucks or he's incapable. He, he is capable at times, but he's no Jake Ottinger. We are, we are all in full agreement of that. Uh, no question. So there is a bit of a drop off and it's not because Wedgwood is just so bad or so much worse. It's that Jake Ottinger's that good and that there is that kind of uh, decline from uh, the Dallas stars in net when you go from a Jake Ottinger to a Scott Wedgwood. So I, I lean Edmonton here, but what I might opt to do instead here, Alex is uh, you can get plus plus one twenty, or, or not plus not actually I'm looking at the wrong game there. No, you can get minus minus one ten to minus one fifteen with Edmonton team total. Uh, over three and a half. I think that's pretty good. I think that would be the better approach. That's the better price. Yeah. You, you don't have you knock down that money line price that I'm not very comfortable with at minus 145. So that Edmonton team total over three and a half. I think I could get there with that. Uh, maybe a, a little bit on the full game over six and a half uh, as well. But for me, skewed a little bit more toward the Oiler team total uh, in this game. What do you think here, Alex? Dallas, Edmonton. Yeah, if it is Wedgwood, and that, then this will be a game that I'm looking for a live over five and a half. Uh, and, and like you said, you know, yes, there's a huge drop off between Ottinger and Wedgwood, and that's not necessarily a knock on Wedgwood's play, but he has declined a little bit from what we saw last year. He's not as reliable of a, of a backup goaltender in my eyes to where we could take a shot. Last year, I wouldn't mind taking a shot plus 125 if Wedgwood was in net here in this spot with Dallas. Here, I would definitely stay away from the side and would be looking to favor the over. So that tells you uh, the drop-off in difference to him last year compared to him this year. So 
looking for all over five and a half if he is uh, going to be in net. If it, if it isn't, then now just still be looking to watch this game and maybe look for something to pop up in game. Yeah, our guy Cuban Wayne Gretzky is really – you know what, Joel Hanley, I don't think he's even – are you talking about Hanley or Harley? Or are you talking about Harley? I mean, Hanley's a healthy scratch. You're talking about Thomas Harley. Yeah, to uh, score a goal defenseman for the uh, Dallas Stars. I will say this, he does have two goals on the season in the last – and two of them in the last four games. So you're talking about real bargain bin value there. Uh, but he has been shooting the puck, and like I say, he's dented the twine twice for the Dallas Stars in the last four games. For Edmonton, Warren Fogle is definitely value as long as he stays with McDavid and Dreisaitl on the top line. It looks like it's going to be the case again uh, for uh, Fogle playing with the two big boys tonight, Leon and Connor. Uh, Evander Kane is heating up five points, two goals the last uh, three games. Uh, Zach Hyman you know, burst his drought against Calgary. So these are supporting players, Kane and Hyman, that probably have a hot streak on the way. They've kind of underachieved early in the season. So uh, definitely some uh, decent looks there as far as uh, player props on the Edmonton side, uh, no doubt. Um, Bouchard has three goals in the last four games, five points in the last four games. So goal and assist prop for Evan Bouchard, solid. Uh, Dadanov, and I like Dadanov too, actually, Cuban Wayne Gretzky, because he's heating up for Dallas and Marchman. They're the other ones that uh, I think might be worth a look on the Dallas Stars side of the fence tonight as far as props go. Uh, didn't score last night, but throw in Wyatt Johnston as well. You know how much we like the way he's played for the Stars as well. All right, next up, we've got Winnipeg and Vegas. Uh, it is the uh, Vegas Golden Knights minus 140 uh, home favorites. Six the total here, shaded to the under uh, in this spot. Uh, you know, you look at this Vegas team here, all of a sudden these last few games that they've played, uh, and nothing's been easy for them. You know, they've all of a sudden, I don't want to say they've looked a little vulnerable. They haven't. They're, they're, they're obviously great. But you look at the recent performance pattern, you know, they're just doing enough to get by, like, kind of like the Montreal game. It wasn't a great game from them the other night, but they found a way uh, to win in a shootout uh, against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. They had the loss, obviously, to uh, Chicago uh, on Friday. They did bounce back from that. They beat L.A. on Saturday. Last week, um, obviously, they're off to still a great start. 9-0-1, you know, nothing to complain about whatsoever. 5-0-1 here at T-Mobile Arena. But, you know, they've, they've, played, they've played very, very close games lately, uh, this Vegas team. The 3-2 win. Remember, I was on our BetCast last week on Tuesday. There they were. And there's Vegas scoring with a minute, under a minute left to beat Philadelphia 3-2 uh, in that game. Uh, and they followed it up with three straight games going beyond regulation, which points to the bet I like in this game, the draw. I think it's worth a look here. Uh, Jets and Golden Knights, uh, no doubt about that. I think you look at Vegas, three straight overtime or shootout games, the loss to Chicago, the win against L.A., the win against Montreal uh, in their last game, and now they got a Winnipeg Jets team rolling into a town that's gone beyond regulation in three of their last five games, including each of their last two games. Shootout uh, loss to Montreal Saturday. And then back home, they lose in overtime against the New York Rangers. So you've talking, you're talking about teams that are playing close games the last uh, handful in the short term um, and teams that have just been really going beyond regulation a lot lately. Three of the last five for Winnipeg, three straight that have gone beyond regulation for Vegas coming into this game. So yeah, Vegas has won five straight. But I could see this being another competitive game. Don't want, I uh, don't love Vegas enough to lay a buck forty. I don't trust Winnipeg enough to take them, 
But I do like what how this sets up as far as how these teams are playing very, very competitive contests lately. So I like the draw here, taking a piece of that uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Jets, Golden Knights. Yeah, that's solid. I would sprinkle a little bit on the draw here as well, but I like this first period over a little bit more. And I grabbed that. I got that minus 115 at Caesars. Caesars is definitely a book to shop around with nowadays. I've noticed we've been talking about trying to find some of the cheaper prices and, and some decent prices uh, uh, or shifts with different things. As far as first period overs go, they've had some good numbers. And as far as underdogs, uh, I've seen some better numbers, uh, especially on overnight. So Caesars is definitely worth a look, and that's where I got a dollar fifteen here. Definitely like where these two teams have good uh, starts early in this contest. Like I said, it could be a back-and-forth game where the draw definitely could come into play, but I like goals here early. So we'll go first period over with Jets and Knights. All right, uh, first period over here for uh, Alex with Winnipeg and Vegas. And then as far as the prop side of the equation is concerned, Cole Perfetti is on the second line now. I know the, nothing's come through yet offensively for him since he's been there, but the chances have been there. And I, I'd see him working hard to get to the blue paint and the areas you need to score goals. I think a goal is coming for him, from him at some point very soon uh, for Cole Perfetti. It wouldn't surprise me if it's tonight uh, here against the uh, – uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I have followed, probably still has some value on the uh, top line as long as he stays there. And then for Vegas, um, there's a couple that really stand out. Paul Cotter. Paul Cotter is playing with Stevenson and Stone right now. A big bump up the lineup from Bruce Cassidy uh, for Paul Cotter. And he cashed a goal prop the other night uh, against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So excellent value now for him moving up the lineup. You've got Cloche, Barb, Shev, Eichel, and Marcia, so still together. But Cotter is now with Stevenson and Stone. Um, and I'll throw out one that's a little bit, and Nick Watt remains out, so we can't bet him, and that's unfortunate. But here's someone here, too, for Vegas. Um, two of the last three games, he's had seven shots on, three shots on goal or more. He scored against Chicago. He's got some talent. Pavel Dorofiev is a guy that actually has got some finishing ability on this Golden Knights team. You want a little bit of a sleeper bargain bin special right there. Uh, that is definitely someone that could uh, have some value. I've, he's been very, very solid, very noticeable uh, at the offensive end of the ice and certainly has that capability to chip in and produce for, as we talked about at nauseum, a Vegas team that can get goals from all four lines at any given moment. All right, next up, we've got um, Nashville taking on Seattle. Uh, we've got the uh, Kraken minus 120 uh, home favorites, five and a half being the uh, total here uh, in this matchup. Uh, the Predators continuing their uh, road trip. One and three on the road this year for Nashville. Uh, they lost the first game of the trip in Vancouver, uh, five to two the other night. Uh, this is a really tough one uh, because I kind of want to back Seattle. Price is pretty cheap, but you know they were on the road for quite a long time. Uh, last uh, Monday uh, is when that, or last Tuesday is when that road trip started for them uh, in Detroit. They go through Detroit, Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay. They have a nice overtime win. Uh, to wrap up that road trip in Tampa, now you're back home. That first, those first game blues, uh, they do concern me a little bit here uh, for the crack and going into this game. And again, we see this team with just the one and two start for the uh, Seattle side on home ice, and home ice record wasn't spectacular last year uh, either. So uh, this is not a game where I'm overly excited about backing either side. I, and Seattle's the better of these two teams. I lean Seattle for sure. I'm not backing Nashville, no way, but. Um, don't love this spot. Don't trust Seattle in this spot. Uh, so right now it's a pass for me in this game. What do you think here, Alex? Predators cracking. 
yeah, I'm looking for a first period over here at plus money. Uh, you know, like I said, this is where five and a half. We already, you know, only have to lay a dollar twenty, dollar twenty-five right now. We gotta get a little greedy here and see if we can try and get this at plus one twenty or plus one twenty-five. Uh, with the spot, I think we can wait about three or four minutes and get that. And like I said, I think we'll see the pace kind of increase a little bit. You know, Seattle coming back home. I think Nashville can maybe catch uh, Seattle with an early goal, and then Seattle come back and score. So this is a great live wagering game. It's a great next goal. Uh, prop kind of a game, so that's kind of how I'll be attacking this one. Stall after the Tampa Bay game, ra just raving about uh, Kyler Yamamoto's play, uh, and for some reason they, they've ha he's had him on the fourth line, uh, but he continues to play pretty well. He had a goal and an assist against Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I, I keep thinking he's going to get bumped up the lineup at some point. We'll see if that ends up being tonight, but. There are some props that stand out. Bjorkstrand, Ty Cartier on the top line for Seattle are worth a look in this game. Look, we talked about the former player angle. Yanni Gord uh, against Tampa scored the other night. It's, it's uncanny how that works. Uh, Yanni Gord for Seattle scored one of the goals against Tampa Bay, his former team. So don't sleep on Ellie Tolvanen. He's got an axe to grind every time he plays Seattle, uh, Nashville. You know, former Predator. They kind of cast him aside, uh, discarded him. And now he's in Seattle. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen, don't be shocked, you know, if he makes some kind of impact tonight for the uh, Kraken uh, in this game against his old team. Uh, yeah, Colton Sissons, no doubt. Colton Sissons, if you're looking for someone that's really picked it up for Nashville, down the lineup a bit, but producing right now, he would be the guy uh, for the uh, Nashville Predators. No question about that. Uh, Colton Sissons, two goals in the last three games. Now, both of them against Vancouver. He's got, he does have to prove he can score against someone besides the Vancouver Canucks, but... Uh, he definitely has been uh, noticeable uh, for the uh, Vancouver. And I still say Gus Nyquist, Gus the polar bear Nyquist there because he's playing with Forsberg and O'Reilly on the uh, top line for Nashville. Uh, that is a guy that can that the, in the past has proven he can produce offensively and he's getting the opportunity now on the top line. So see if he can maybe chip in for uh, the Predators tonight. All right, Montreal and Arizona is our next game. Uh, we've got uh, Arizona. Right now, minus 130 uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half the total, shaded to the under in this game. Very, very tough spot for Arizona. That was like a playoff game last night, that uh, matchup against Anaheim. That was just pace. That was uh, incredible uh, effort, uh, energy, uh, basically exuded by both sides. You know, that was an empty the gas tank kind of game. You know, that is how that was the pace of that Ducks Coyotes game last night. So, it's a pretty tough turnaround for Arizona, having to come back, play 24 hours later uh, after a game like that uh, against uh, Montreal uh, here tonight. Arrested Montreal team who I actually thought they outplayed Vegas the other night. They, not, not, not I thought, they did outplay Vegas. They had the better of the play, especially the last two periods. Uh, had to settle for a shootout loss, but I thought they played a very, very strong road game to open up that road trip. Uh, they outshot the Golden Knights 39 to 25. I think what ended up hurting them in the end is 0 for 4 on the power play. You know, they had their share of opportunities uh, to cash in and they just could not do it. So, you know, that's definitely concerning. Uh, this is going to be a game where I do the same thing I did uh, with Toronto Boston. A couple of bets, both at plus money. I do like Montreal a little bit in this spot, plus 115. Uh, again, this is a team, or plus 110 now is what it is. Uh, I think this is a Montreal team that uh, showed me a lot in that loss to Vegas, played the defending Stanley Cup champions extremely well. 
Uh, and now you go and face an Arizona team that could be running on fumes a little bit after that breakneck pace. Uh, very, very intense for a regular season game. It was very intense last night with uh, Arizona and Anaheim. So I like Montreal here in this spot at plus 110. And I'm going to sprinkle on the draw here as well uh, with the Canadians and the Coyotes. Montreal's played three games in a row that have gone beyond regulation entering tonight. Columbus, uh, Winnipeg, and Vegas. All three games going past 60 minutes. Arizona went to overtime, of course, last night. I cashed the draw in that Anaheim-Arizona game. Last year when these teams met, they just met twice. The game in Arizona went to overtime. Uh, 3-2 win for Montreal. So I think the draw is in play here, uh, no doubt, uh, in this game between the uh, Habs and the Coyotes. So we're going to do a split here with uh, Montreal plus 110, uh, as well as the draw. Uh, here between the uh, Canadians and the Coyotes. And you can find that draw price, a pretty good price, plus 360 uh, right now at, at FanDuel. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Montreal, Arizona. Yeah, that's uh, actually going to look to see if FanDuel has a better price than Caesars. Sure enough, it does, plus 360. But that, that's a gr- definitely a great look here with the draw. You know, and Connor Ingram uh, being confirmed in that one of those, you know, goaltenders now we have to kind of really adjust and say that, you know, he's playing a lot better. You know, the, it, you know, it's playing as well as his numbers are indicating right now. It doesn't necessarily always lead to wins and losses, but he's definitely not a you know tremendous drop off to Karel Vamelka, who's also been playing well in his own right too. Uh, you know, he's given up some soft goals at times, but has stood his ground for most of the, of the season thus far. So I can see this being kind of a close back and forth game. I just Montreal is just a, kind of a hard team for me to grasp and read still. Uh, you know, and I, I feel like every time I try to bet on them or I have a lead on them, there's a te- that's a time when they kind of falter and have a bit of a, of a clumsy uh, effort. So it's definitely a, a spot where I can see the draw coming into play and at plus 340, we're taking a shot here. There's a lot of good draw options in that. I know, Ian, you've been circling quite a few of these, so it's nice to see that. Uh, draw season, even though it's not officially draw early. season yet. Never too early. But, uh, but we're, yeah, but we're definitely getting, uh, getting into the swing of things now, so that's always good to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm really I'm I'm just using simple uh, handicapping here. I'm looking at current form. Are you playing a lot of close games? Are you playing overtime games or shootouts? And does the series history point to close games head to head with the two teams? Those are the main factors. That's how I make my draw decisions, and, and it all adds up here. The, the in Arizona last year, these teams went to overtime. Arizona OT last night, three straight that have gone past regulation for Montreal. Uh, coming into the night. So, yeah, I think it all adds up to make it worth a shot here uh, in this game. But also Montreal plus the price. I could see I lean over this total as well for sure. I, I probably will add the over here, six and a half. I, Jake Allen's been very good, but I don't think he can keep this up indefinitely the way he's played. I mean, his numbers are as good as they've been in years. And Connor Ingram has seen some decline lately in his play the last uh, couple of times we've seen him. So I could see over six and a half. Arizona's on an overrun, by the way, four straight overs for the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, entering this game tonight. So the over six and a half, I think, is in play uh, as well. And then for props in this game, uh, we mentioned like in Logan Cooley last night. I think I've been on Logan Cooley goal and assist every game lately. Why not? Um, Lawson Krause, here's someone for uh, Arizona that's moved up to the second line since he didn't play. He was out, I think, was he a healthy scratch, I believe, against uh, L.A., the second game, uh, the home game against the Kings. And then he comes back. And he's actually put on the second line. They gave him an opportunity, three points and two goals in those two games for him since yeah. then. So 
Maybe take advantage of that. Lawson Kroos, maybe the wake-up call sent to him by Andre Tourney, uh, the head coach, saying, hey, we need you to be better. He's been better uh, the last couple games for the Arizona Coyotes. He, he looked really good in the game uh, last night watching yeah. him. I think he's a guy definitely the circle. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Chaos in front of the net. You know, yeah. Always, you know, finding, you know, timely with that goal that he had last night. It was just right on the stick, just the one time. And, you know, no, no goalie in the world was going to stop. He's got a nice, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of shot to his game as well. So he's definitely a guy to kind of circle. And it, whenever Arizona's playing well, it's going to be because guys like, you know, Lawson Krause are chipping into the goal department. Yeah. And also in this game, we've got the two defensemen on both sides. Don't sleep on them. They shoot the puck a lot. They quarterback the power play. They've been producing offensively this year. You know who it is on the Arizona side, Sean Dursey. And you know on the Montreal side who that is. It's Mike Matheson. So don't sleep on either of those two guys. They might be good prop looks tonight as well. And Dursey. Dursey, the way he got kicked out last night, I thought that was complete crap. So I can see where maybe he's a little ticked off and wants to. You know, uh, uh, you know, step up in a big way in this game today too. Yeah, he, he, he was. He was. What was he kicked out again for? He got. He had. He got that fight, and then they gave him. A mis- they gave him a misconduct, and they were kind of bubbling back and forth about it. And then they eventually ended up like eventually giving him a misconduct. But it was like after the fact. I guess he only. You know, he played like another shift eventually, but eventually was in the. You know, basically couldn't play the end of the game. It was something weird. What would he get kicked out? But it was a. Uh, did he instigate? Was it an instigator? Like what the hell? Yeah, the yeah. They, they gave, but and they were going back and forth with. And this because I was watching Arizona's broadcast. They went back and forth about whether there was going to be a penalty, and they were saying that somebody was getting ejected, and then they said that apparently he was the one getting of his conduct and 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 supposed to be ejected. Yeah. So, oh, it wasn't an instigator. Really it was fight strap. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Forgot about you're right. The jersey came off, and you're right. When the fight strap's not tied down, they kick you in a fight. They kick you right. out of the game. But uh, yeah. sometimes it snaps. Sometimes it is tied down and it snaps. Right, and that's what. So I think that's what it was. I think. Yeah. He, I think maybe he maybe he tried to appeal that, and so he. But they eventually went on and, and threw him out. So yeah, I forgot yeah. about that rule, man. Yeah. Uh, they put in that rule because of Rob Ray years like thirty years ago or yeah. you know, twenty five years. And ago. they can get rid of it now because guys aren't aren't taking. No one, you can't even take your helmet off. Yep. It's intentionally. So no one's taking their jerseys off intentionally anymore. So no. they really could get rid of that rule, to be honest. No, I, I, that rule's – I get yeah. – It's okay. They did it because yeah. the, back then the jerseys were flying off all the time. But I get it. But at the same time, you know, I hate that rule. It's just a yeah. – kick, kick a guy out of a game for a fight strap not being – it just seems so yeah. gimmicky, so weak to kick a person out for the game for that. Especially in most of the times it happens, you're right. The thing is tied down, and it's when the you know you're clutching yeah. and grabbing, and the thing snaps. It happens. It's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah, stupid. Uh, hey, yeah. there's other things that are stupid about some of the rules, but they can't change them. I don't think they're changing that because that's been in play now for 25 years. Are they really going to change it now after all this time? I'm not so sure about that. You know what? Other things may not change anytime soon. Um, San Jose losing hockey games. Uh, and they are playing tonight at home against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, final game of this Thursday slate, uh, Vancouver minus 210 to minus 220 road favorites, uh, six being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Um, look, I got, I, I've got the uh, prices mixed up here, by the way. I should uh, point that out. It should be reversed. We'll clean that up right now. If it was Vancouver plus 180, that would be a huge bet for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way around. So Vancouver minus 210, San Jose uh, obviously plus 180. Now, here's the thing with San Jose. Not only are they a brutal hockey team, 
not only are they by far the worst team in the NHL uh, right now, uh, this uh, San Jose team, but they're also in a brutal spot. They're in that classic San Jose spot back home off a long East Coast road trip. And Alex and I have been just talking about these spots for years as a wonderful plates to fade the San Jose team. And that's where they're in. And I mean, they've been not just bad. They've been historically bad uh, in these spots uh, where they've been coming off the road trip uh, out in the Eastern time zone. And that's when they had some good teams. You know, they were bad in these spots when they had Thornton and Marlowe and Pavelski, you know, and, and those really good San Jose Shark teams, you know, many, many years ago. And they'd still be very bad uh, in these scheduling spots. Now, with this being the worst team they've had uh, in many, many years, coming back from that Nashville, Florida, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Washington, uh, East Coast road trip, now returning home for that first game, it, it could be really, really in tough for them uh, tonight against a Vancouver team that continues to play well for Rick Tockett, four and one their last five games, six and three overall, winning record on the road at three and two, beating Nashville five, two in their last game. And they have not just owned San Jose, they've dummied San Jose to the tune of nine and zero oh, uh, in the last nine head to head meetings for Vancouver over San Jose. Look at these two games last year, actually. This is when San Jose really started to bottom out. Uh, you know, early in the season, there were a couple of close games, Sharks and Canucks. But then after that, it was um, 6-2 Vancouver, December 27th last year. And then March 23rd, 7-2 for Vancouver over San Jose. I mean, they just destroyed this team. Um, and I don't know if things are going to change here tonight against what's even, even weaker, if you could believe it. San Jose team than even last year. Um, just a ton of issues. And you know, it's getting worse now because Barabanov is on IR now. And he's actually one of the forwards that's been a bright spark for them the last couple of years. Now he's out and, and you got to do more shuffling if you're uh, David Quinn here, the head coach. You've got Eklund on the top line with Hurdle and Zetterlin, uh, Duclair, Granlund, and uh, Cunning on the second line. I mean, there's just not a lot there. Uh, offensively they're obviously have offensively challenged look at these offensive numbers on that road trip really going back to the boston game one 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 zero zero one uh san jose playing hockey in binary code uh, apparently right now uh with their offense uh they are just uh absolutely uh inept uh at that end of the ice one zero one like that kind of uh uh, uh pattern we've seen from them uh, offensively right now so uh, just absolutely awful. Now, here's the thing with me. You know I've been fading San Jose almost every game in some fashion, but I'm done picking wh when they're going to be at their worst, and it cost me against Washington. Against Washington, the last game of that road trip, I only took Washington first period puck line, and San Jose was actually ahead one nothing after the first period. What I should have done was probably go at least a little bit on both the first period puck line and the full game puck line on Washington. And Washington, sure enough, came back to win the game and cover the puck line, winning 3-1 to one against San Jose. So uh, that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to take a little Vancouver first period puck line, split it with the full game puck line as well uh, on the Vancouver Canucks tonight uh, in this game. First period puck line is plus 135, minus a half. Full game puck line is plus 115, uh, minus one and a half. And I'm also going to get in on a little bit on the Canucks team total. Uh, over three and a half. I can't deny these series, uh, this recent series history here. Last year against San Jose, this team scored four, six, six, seven. Grand total of 23 goals in the four games combined. 
And what's that an average of? Uh, you know, it's, it's scary. It's like almost six goals per game they averaged uh, against San Jose last year, uh, this Vancouver Canucks team. So I'm also going to get in on the Canucks team total. Over three and a half at a very re- reasonable price, minus 118 uh, at Pinnacle uh, for Vancouver team total over three and a half here tonight. Uh, in uh, this one uh, all right so there you go uh, what do you think here Alex Vancouver San Jose yeah I'm just going I'm surprised that there's you know still some plus value to be found on any side uh, involving Vancouver we've got the first period puck line so laying they have a goal plus 135 at Caesars uh, like I said this is just the Sharks team they're just oh, just beyond awful already and now in a spot where they have historically been terrible, like you mentioned, even going back to the Thornton and Marlowe days when they were great, uh, who knows how bad they could be right now in, the, in this particular spot. But I don't want to dabble too deep into it. Like I said, you know, everybody's waiting for the tide to turn, and it will at some point, but I think it's going to still be uh, quite a while. So I'm just going to try and get in and out and go with the first period. Uh, hopefully Canucks can get out with a, with a nice lead there. So first period puck line with Vancouver. You know, the, the, the covers.com is a site I use for a lot of the longer-term trends. They're being very, very kind right now as far as the Sharks' long-term trends. Right now, they've only got the short-term numbers for them coming home after a road trip of seven or more days. The short-term numbers are one and four. I guarantee you the long-term numbers are dreadful. Way worse. Way yeah. worse. They're being kind. They're being easy on San Jose with the cover stats uh, right now. Uh, they are much worse as far as uh, – the long-term numbers coming in off the long East Coast road. Probably trip. the same percentage, though. Probably we're probably talking about you know a twenty twenty-five percent uh, you know losing for the you know for what wins go. Yeah, I want to point out to everyone too. Everyone's going to hear me say Vancouver first period puck line, Vancouver full game puck line, Vancouver team total over. They're going to make it. Maybe it's going to make it's going to make it sound to some people like we've opened up the bank account on this game. That's not the case. These are all point one units each. Okay, very, very important to stress that. Just like the last several games where I've divvied up the uh, bets for the San Jose fade between first period puck line, full game puck line, and team total. 0.1 units each. This is not going to put Ian Cameron in the poorhouse if San Jose pulls off a shocker tonight. So it's very, very important to uh, point that out yeah. to everyone. Yeah, the rule of thumb to remember for when, if you're trying to you know divvy up a lot of, of different types of bets into a game is – Remember, take a unit or take a half unit and then split that apart amongst however many number of plays. And then that should give you a guideline and then you can adjust from there uh, based on, you know, how comfortable you are with one player or how, you know, le- you know less comfortable you are with another play in, in sorting those things out personally. Yeah, because this was a, this was honestly a thought in mind from before the season. I'm going to fade San Jose every game at every reasonable opportunity. Keep the units, you know, reasonable and just see if we can build. And look, you're you're way up already if you've been doing this uh, with San Jose so far this season. So uh, we're going to keep on doing it. And again, this uh, San Jose spot is a tricky one. Um, and yeah, th- there's always, you know, that potential in the back of your mind. Are Canucks going to take this team seriously while well, they whipped on a San Jose team that was pretty weak last year over and over again? And Rick Tockett's the kind of coach I don't think he's going to, uh, not have this team in a mindset where they're going to be completely lackadaisical and flat uh, for this game. Now they've got Dallas on Saturday at home. They've got Edmonton after that. So you could say those are two bigger games and opponents. Do they coast tonight? Uh, they could coast and still win this game because that's where San Jose's at right now uh, as a hockey team. As far as props go, you know, 
if you trust San Jose to do anything offensively, look, you got two guys that are on the top line now that haven't been there, Eklund and Zetterland. So there could be some value with them if they can do something offensively. For me, Besser, Miller, DiGiuseppe, uh, Pedersen had a huge night, but you don't get great value with him. Kuzmenko, Mikheyev, I still think is a great prop. Mikheyev has been good since going on the top line. And of course, our guy, Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes over and over again. We've talked about a goal prop, assist prop. He's getting on the score sheet almost every night. And even more than that, the overshots on goal prop. Has there been any adjustment? Oh, finally now. It's getting it's still two and a half, but it, now the juice has moved up to like minus 150. All right. So they're finally getting the price. This was over two and a half, like plus 130 a week ago with Quinn Hughes over shots on goal. But now we're starting to see the, the juice shift on that. And minus 150 now with over two and a half shots. So there's been some adjustment, but still not enough. Uh, still can get in there, I think, with over two and a half. He's been getting a three shots on goal repeatedly uh, throughout the season. Uh, great stuff. Great card. Looking forward to it. Uh, 256 live viewers right now tuning in. We appreciate right. each you, and every guys. one Thank of you. you. Hit the like button. Uh, I'm going to make some uh, decisions. And, of course, uh, we will uh, talk about it, Alex and I. But we will have a couple of BetCast dates uh, announced for our Beantown Friday edition of the uh, Ice Guys show uh, tomorrow. So we will have yeah. our November BetCast dates uh, announced. Our free public BetCast will be late in the month. And then probably next week sometime is when we will be doing the uh, free-for-all uh, impromptu bet cast for the family plan members and subscribers only, which means only if you're a family plan YouTube channel member will you be able to A, watch the bet cast and B, participate in the bet cast and join us on the stream. So that is going to be next week. Uh, the date will be announced tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to our first family plan exclusive, if you will. Uh, Ice Guys uh, live betcast. Now, with that betcast, we may not go the five, six hours, the full night like we right, normally yeah. do on the, the regular, but we'll come on for the early games, something like that, and give you at least a you know a three hour or so betcast uh, that that night next week. So, uh, still very much looking forward to that. So, uh, again, only for Ice Guys YouTube channel family plan members. It's just nine dollars ninety nine cents. U.S. per month, and of course, the daily cards, player props are posted there, and plenty more bonus content coming throughout the season as well. Yeah, absolutely, and also, don't forget the live wages, too. Went 2-0 and last night with some big plus prices on some first-period overs. Uh, he said, I already mentioned a couple that I'll be circling for tonight, so I'll definitely have those looks, uh, like I said, pre you kind of have that preloaded, uh, you know, setup already in before the game starts tonight, and then, of course, we'll have plays that will be firing away during the night as well. So definitely look forward to a, a busy evening. So this is definitely a time to sign up for the family plan if you haven't already. No question about that. Absolutely terrific night uh, to sign up for the family plan and hopefully a terrific night with the bargain bin special of the night. Like even with the, uh, uh, we knew we were going to hit a drought at some point. Like we've hit props and we just happened to hit the prop that's been tabbed the bargain bin special of the night for a little while, but still uh, overall still way up on the uh, season with these, but uh, that's what you're going to get when you take the uh, shots with the plus 300 or greater uh, situations like this. You're definitely going to have your uh, ups and your downs, uh, and that's what we have seen. There's no question about that. Uh, for my uh, prop tonight, as far as a bargain bin special, uh, I am going to roll with someone that has five points in the last four games, three goals in the last four games, playing on the top line, and somehow, somehow still not being priced like it. 
and you can get as high as plus 310 at FanDuel, 330 at Caesars, 340 at Batano. He's rolling right now. We're going to go with Alex Barre-Boulay, Tampa Bay Lightning, plus 340 for tonight's bargain bin special of the night. You just don't get top-line players with three goals in the last four games very often at that kind of price. So uh, Barre-Boulay, who's been a good prop for me uh, lately, Back to the well with him for the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, plus 340 for my bargain bin special of the night. Alex, do you have anything for tonight? I do. I do. And it's in the uh, the game here with the Minnesota Wild and the New Jersey Devils. And everybody's talking about Matt Boldy returning to the lineup. Now he's back in the second line. He's also back in the first line of the power play unit. I think, you know, having his presence there, being the kind of guy who can kind of crash his body to the front of the net, kind of create a screen presence. I think he can open up the doors for someone like, Kalen Addison, who's on the point of that power play unit to get a goal. So I'm taking a shot with him, plus 850 at FanDuel to get a goal tonight. Hopefully we can create something on that power play and uh, maybe get a little redirect there. So plus 850, that's my bargain bin special. Kalen Addison to score a goal, uh, plus 850 at FanDuel. There you go. That's a real good bargain bin one there. Plus 850 there, Kalen Addison for the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, tonight against the uh, New Jersey Devils for Alex B. Smith and his bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap it up. It was a 2-0 sweep with best bets on Wednesday. Stars, Flames over for me. Anaheim Ducks, money line for Alex. Alex, what do you got for best bet tonight? Yeah, going to the same game. Uh, Devils and Wild, we are going with that regulation draw plus 340. I think this is going to be a close back-and-forth battle. That's what we saw uh, when these two teams played in Newark. And this is just one of those kind of nights where this Wild kind of Usually kind of close and play against a cross-conference team. You know, play low and slow. Just be happy with getting that one point in the standings and see where things go from there. So New Jersey and Minnesota regulation draw plus 340. That's my best bet for this Thursday. All right, there it is. Uh, Minnesota hosting New Jersey. The draw at north of plus 300 for Alex with his uh, best bet for this uh, Thursday card. Uh, My best bet for this uh, Thursday slate uh, you know, there's a lot of good options here. Lots of really, really interesting uh, uh, options for me as far as uh, best bet for this card. But I think I'm going to rock with, and I'm going to, I'm going to step in front of the streak here for the New York Rangers. I think it's just a really tough spot for them uh, here tonight. And I know the Carolina Hurricanes. Long term, the numbers aren't good at MSG, but the most recent meeting at MSG in the regular season last year, Carolina beat the New York Rangers. So it's proof they can do it once again here. It's just a brutal situation for the Rangers off a perfect road trip, the first home game clunker, and it's against a really good hockey team on the other side. Uh, We're going to go with Carolina. Now I've got the first period full game split. I'm going to give the full game as the uh, uh, official best bet. Carolina minus 102 uh, against the New York Rangers uh, for my best bet for this Thursday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Uh, Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you on a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys tomorrow. Looking forward to that. 
Enjoy the games and good luck tonight. We will see you again on Friday. 